Il disegno creava un'empatia. The drawing is perceived by the people very close to a political prisoner. They they has the perception that it's it's a gift. It's an act of love. Hello and welcome back to a new season of the Arpsis podcast, a series by Bosla Arts offering a glimpse into the life of artists and activists from all over the world, here to share their stories with you, the listener. My name's Georgia and in this episode we interview Gianluca Costantini, an activist and artist who for years fought battles through his drawing. Accused of terrorism by the Turkish government, he angered many French readers for a short story comic about Charlie Hebdo's terrorist story. He actively collaborates with ActionAid, Amnesty, Emergency, to name a few. And he's published comic series in many different publications around the world. He's also written books, including Patrick Zaki, An Egyptian Story for Feltrinelli, Libya for Mondatori, and many others. We're also joined by his wife and professional partner, Elektra Stamboulis, who will be providing the translations for today's episode. Elektra is an art curator, high school principal, writer and comic writer. She was the art director of Comic Kazan Festival in Ravenna. She's also curated personal exhibitions of some of my heroes, including Joe Sacco, Zehra Dogen and Baritzau. Well, okay, Uh, My quotation is uh, from an uh, Egyptian activist. He was an activist of uh, Tahir Square. And I discovered this quotation I'd like to present you in a book uh, of a friend of mine, Marina Petrillo, a book uh, um, dedicated to the uh, Egyptian revolution. Uh, He was well known because he was never attending the square, even if uh, his window was uh, exactly on the square. But everybody knows him and uh, uh, everybody loves and was inspired by him. And uh, the quotation is the phrase is, this is a place of work if you are not working then get on the streets and rebel. And uh, this was uh, uh, a phrase he hanged on the window on the square. So when I discovered this phrase, I decided to use it again as it was mine. Uh, I am using it uh, on the social, like uh, delivering the idea that uh, my room is... The, the place where uh, uh, activism and inspiration started. And uh, uh, so I feel somehow connected to this phrase. Amazing. Well, thank you so much and welcome Gianluca to the podcast. And thank you so much, Electra, for for being our translator today. It's a beautiful quote and it it hits me as well because my real start into Bosla Arts was when I was handed a book from the Egyptian Revolution as well uh, called Walls of Freedom, which was a, a book that documented the street art of the revolution from the beginning to the end and really inspired me to, to look more into art and activism. Yeah. So my next question is just to learn a bit more about your early life. Where did you grow up and what was life like for you? 
eh, sono di una citt piccola città italiana. Oh, I was born and I grew up and I'm still living in the same town, which is a small town uh, in Italy, uh, Ravenna. And uh, of course, uh, nowadays I'm traveling. My work is also um, in Italy, in other, in other places and in the world. But this is my real base. And uh, this is where I started. And I started uh, drawing when I was in the high school. I was mm -hmm. attending an art high school in Ravenna. Mm -hmm. So I started drawing by myself, let's say, starting my personal uh, road uh, when I was 15, 16 years old. Mm. And I started uh, with comics because of uh, a money problem, because I'm coming from a quite poor family with not many resources. And comics is something that you can do with very few say that it was a, a lucky decision uh, because uh, uh, this this space the comics uh, world uh, is uh, less competitive than other art worlds <laughs> and uh, it uh, I was allowed to enter in a completely different um, environment for me uh, because comics is uh, uh, less competitive mm -hmm. even if I came uh, from a very poor and different uh, uh, environment, I was uh, um, day by day uh, allowed to enter in this world. So my parents had to surrender to this uh, vocation yes. I had uh, because they weren't so happy in the beginning. And uh, they let me attend uh, School of Art and uh, I started since uh, I was uh, in the first years of the School of Art to publish at a professional level in comics. Uh, of course, my work uh, at that time were quite different from now, but uh, for 10 years, I, continuing, I was continuing publishing uh, uh, comics uh, uh, in this way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, after 10 years, let's say I was bored by myself uh, because my stories and my sign was quite different, but uh, uh, I had the urgency to enter into reality, to change my style and change my subject. Mm-hmm. And who were some of your influences when you began doing comics? Did you grow up uh, reading comics as a child or, or were there any graphic novelists that really inspired your work? So when I started drawing, I was also reading comics. And of course, I was reading uh, mainstream comics uh, like uh, superheroes. But we can say that even in the beginning of the 90s in US, um, the production also in mainstream uh, comics was very, very good. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was reading also for me that were very important authors like Alamur, Blistenkiewicz, uh, uh, mm-hmm. Neil Gaiman. But at the same time, of course, I was overwhelmed by Italian comics, which is uh, uh, were uh, done by uh, big, a huge history of uh, production, different styles. And I can say that for me, it was uh, um, crucial, uh, the meeting with uh, Vittorio Giardino, uh, the Italian master artist, who let me stay with him for some times in his studio. He spoke to me mainly, but he educated me. So interesting, thank you. And Obviously, you mentioned uh, that about 10 years ago, there was a turn in your art. And I was wondering if you can remember your work focuses so much on uh, social and political issues that are happening today. Do you remember the first moment that you used your work to talk about a political issue or solidarity or something that uh, is more in line with your work today? This is a question that are uh, asking me uh, very often the, uh, in the, these last uh, years. So uh, I had the, the, the need to um, recall my memories and try to find when and why everything started. So during this um, uh, washing machine in my brain, I I finally find out that maybe the moment was when I was uh, invited in Sarajevo as a young artist in 2001 in uh, the European the Mediterranean European of young artists. So when I arrived in Sarajevo um the the war was finished some years before and the town the city was still uh, um, showing her uh, wounds and uh, everything was still destroyed and i arrived there with without knowing anything and uh, they also gave to me a map to help me not to uh, work on the mine and uh, everything was so strange, so different from my uh, direct experience that I was completely, I, I really forgot why I was there. And my only um, attention was to work uh, on working and drawing what was around me. So I changed real my uh, idea of seeing. Mm-hmm. When I came back from Sarajevo, uh, I started with Electra uh, organizing exhibitions of comics artists uh, from abroad, uh, such as uh, Giusacco, Marciani Satrapi, and Alexandra Zograf, who were um, a little bit uh, of a different age, wow. some of them some of them of the same age, like, like Marjane, to be honest, but uh, they were a step forward in trying to depict the world using comics for, for, cha- for change, uh, let's say, or 
at least uh, to to say the truth. Mm -hmm. So I started thinking that it was possible to do that. Mm. And uh, I was also inspired by a collection of images of um, an activist, an anarchist activist uh, who worked on a selection of um, uh, pictures of the mm. wounded soldiers in the First World War. His name is uh, Friedrich, Ernest Friedrich. And um, I was really touched by the way uh, he was using words mm -hmm. uh, into the pictures, into the photos, mm -hmm. because with very few words, he could uh, catch some ideas uh, that was not exactly de um, describing the image, mm -hmm. but delivering a message. Quello che succedeva nella foto, ma qualcosa sul contesto di dove era su. Yeah. And it, it speaks a lot about your work and what's so incredible about your work. And I think for me, when I see your work and your the text and the image, what's so powerful about it is that your my brain then starts creating the middle bits. So I hear the voices and I it brings something to life in a way that I think now that we're so saturated uh with the media is lost a bit you know people look and then they forget and it brings me to one of your my favorite works of yours which is your graphic novel Libya which I believe you did in collaboration with a journalist Francesca Manocchi and it it kind of continues that looking telling this truth of what's happening and what was happening in Libya through artistic means. Um, and I was wondering if you could tell me a bit about the process of creating a body of work like that and how you collaborated with Manocchi to, to complete it. This book started in 2018, but I can say that after 2001, I... Um, started being focused on some specific topics and on some spe specific spots, such as the Middle East, Iran, and North Africa. I'm not a specialist, I'm not an expert, but somehow my drawing and my work um, it's put me into these stories and uh, uh, allowed me to be part of uh, the the events. Mm. And every time I was um, I was astonished mm -hmm. how many times was Libya uh, present and somehow uh, intersected by the facts I was drawing. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, uh, Libya was in the in the middle, let's say, of many stories, of many facts, mm. but it wasn't so clear why and how Libya was so important, and it was not easy to understand exactly what was going on there. Mm -hmm. And um, I uh, I watched on TV some reportage done by Francesca. Uh, at that time uh, about Libya. And for me, it was very important this 
clear and very simple and uh, uh, you know very few phrases but you could catch what was going on and you could understand what was going on there so i wrote to her simply so she said yes immediately uh, to me she said uh, okay i want to do it and she sent me uh, 20 interviews um, very different interviews from uh, the yeah. refugees from Eritrea to human trafficking people, trafficking people, mm. or uh, um, politicians, mm. uh, journalists, and so on. And we together choose six of them with the aim to uh, tell um, the story of Libya like saying the story of a person. Mm -hmm. And there is a third person that I have to mention here, Daniele Broli, who helped in uh, the scenario, um, because being a journalist doesn't mean that you are able to write for comics. And I, it's not exactly the same uh, way of writing. So Daniele helped in drying, you use this term, mm -hmm. drying the text, and, you know, he he helped in uh, um, throwing away what it was not completely necessary. Mm. And, and um, this work has a different style from my work mm -hmm. on internet and it is very detailed mm -hmm. and uh, this uh, um, this style was uh, i was able to elaborate this style using a, a huge amount of photos of pictures of video from internet because of course i'm not a reporter so i'm not allowed to, to go to libya uh, which is still a war area so I can say that the most difficult thing uh, in this work was uh, recreate uh, the recreation of a theater where um, Francesca could walk and show the real life of people. Mm -hmm. Because mainly when we uh, watch reportage or we watch films uh, about Libya, uh, everything is focused on the conflict, on the war, on people fighting. And uh, you never see people uh, just walking, uh, uh, riding uh, a car or, you know, in, in the everyday life. And I need to have all the elements to reconstruct this theater, this real theater. And this was really hard come guidavano, le cose più semplici, sono state le cose più difficili. Hi, this is Hossam Fazula, co-founder of Bosla Arts. Did you know our latest issue, Beyond Resilience, is now out? Featuring seven artists from around the world going beyond the state of resilience through art, activism and action. As a listener of the Art Persist podcast, you can get 15% using the code TAPP, all in caps. Order now at boslaarts.com. Now, back to the podcast. Uh, 
I can so imagine that. And I think that's why it's so good as well, because you you show like things that are so relatable as well, you know, like human moments, um, not just what we see on the news, which is just destruction and just war or just the conflict. Was there a interview or a story from from the book that really stood out to you or really impacted you? Beh, in, eh, la cosa più complessa, mentre di questo libro che è durato circa un anno e mezzo... This book took uh, one year and a half to be finished. And during that time, uh, Lega Nord was, uh, um, was in the government of, of Italy. And it was really very hard drawing the, those people and uh, reading news uh, about the uh, immigrants crisis and the uh, political um, tactics that Lega Nord was applying. And, but I can say that uh, after four years that the book uh, came out, it's a book that had a very lucky life. A lot of readers are enjoying it and they are still going on reading. Yeah. And, uh, and many readers wrote to me saying mm. that uh, now when they are listening to broadcasting news about Libya, about refugees, they can understand exactly what is going on uh, uh, over the over the words of the reporters. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, it is such an achievement. And I can only imagine that kind of painful duality between seeing what's actually happening and then the reality of what's going on in Italy and kind of the rest of Europe as everyone tightens their borders and uh, changes this rhetoric towards um, immigration. We're definitely seeing it here in the UK as well. I wanted to ask you also about the impact of your work because so much of it is about showing solidarity with people, whether it's uh, the women of Iran or migrant workers in Qatar or imprisoned activists, and also spurring action, you know, telling, getting people to take action and, you know, get involved. Why do you think art is such an effective means of uh, prompting action and solidarity? Uh, there is a big difference between uh, a book like uh, Libya, yes. uh, who is living during the time and who has as uh, main mm-hmm. aim to give instruction for knowing better reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an artistical uh, um, interpretation that has this big goal. And the other part of my work has a different goal and has a different timing. So these books are uh, graphic journalism, as they call them, and they have exactly this this goal inside them. But what I'm doing in the uh, in uh, using internet, using the net, is uh, it, uh, taking action and asking people to uh, engage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they uh, have a, a very different timing uh, and a very different uh, uh, aim, purpose. 
So these drawings are very fast. They are done uh, in real time mm -hmm. and they are urgent. So they need to be posted just now. And the perfect tool for doing this is Twitter. My Twitter profile is like a platform, it's not more a personal profile, but it's a platform done by yeah. activists and by people who are interested in these topics, or because they are the main subjects of the action, or because they are they have expertise or special interest in the topics. It's not like a profile of, let's say, a singer mm -hmm. or you know, which yeah. automatically has follower mm -hmm. because uh, the, the 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 people is uh, following the now the, the this fame. It's a, a platform done by people who has. Uh, same interest, same connections, same platforms. Uh, what happened since the beginning was that my drawings of political prisoners, of people, of desaparecidos, of what else, uh, was very shared because uh, a drawing uh, is perceived by the people very close to a political prisoner. They, they has the perception that yeah. it's, it's a gift, it's an act of love. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's so comparison with the picture, with the photos, it seems more easy to share. It is more easy to find the, the, the it's a tool, it's a, an artwork that allows you to speak more easily about the topic, about the person, about what is going on. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so my line of work, let the trust of my profile grow up. And this trustfulness was so important that now I'm not me, uh, who is choosing a, a person to protect or to work on, but, but the communities are sending to me uh, um, information and they are asking me to take action and to do a picture, to do a drawing for helping uh, the, the case, mm -hmm. uh, which is very important. And this is not more connected to a special geographical area, but it can come from uh, every part of the world. Eh, tutti adesso chie mi chiedono un disegno per aiutare le loro persone. Amazing. And I mean, you have such a big following and it's, it's great to hear you talk of that kind of community of people who are willing to take and wanting to take action or show solidarity. But I wanted to ask you about the other side of your work, which is the threats or the kind of backlash that comes with the work that you do. I read that after you made drawings in response to the Gezi Park protests in Turkey in 2015, uh, 2013, sorry, you were accused or called a terrorist by the Turkish government. And I was just wondering if, if that sort of severe reaction to your work happens a lot and how you deal with that, if so. No, lavorando sulla... Twitter is not a virtual world, it's a real world. So when you are working in the reality, into the reality, 
uh, it happens that people, not all the people are uh, the same idea you have. So they can say something, but very politely normally. I, I, I don't agree mm -hmm. with you. It's not true. But it doesn't mean that this is a threat. So I can say that I don't have real threats by mm -hmm. normal profile, by people, but these kind of threats are coming from a higher level, like such governments, not a common person. Turkish government is very arrogant. So that's why they want to be, uh, uh, to speak loudly. And they want me and other people to know that uh, I'm accused by terrorism and that because this sentence is uh, a, a severe sentence, is something very, mm. very hard. But luckily, I'm not living in Turkey, so it doesn't touch me directly in my normal life. There are other governments that are not so arrogant, let's say. They yeah. don't like to show themselves like this. But it doesn't mean that you are not in the blacklist. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that I don't know that they don't like what I'm doing and that uh, uh, it would not be a good idea to go there as a tourist. Yeah. Actually, it, it reminds me of um, in a previous episode of this podcast, I interviewed a Sudanese political cartoonist called Khalid Al-Bey. And he said he said the same. It's we know him very well. Fears. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Oh, cool. He was uh, one of the, of the artists we created. No way. <laughs> I'm a big fan. That's so nice. I'll send you. He was also an artist in our latest magazine. So uh, maybe I can send you a copy, actually. I'd love for you to see it. That's so nice. Oh, he's amazing. Big fan of his. And what he was saying was that the people he, you know, the governments he fears are not the ones that are talking and that he's hearing. You know, it's it's the silent ones um, who are, you know, are, are watching him, but but keeping quiet. <laughs> so I can definitely see that. My final question, because I've taken so much of your time. Uh, you you have an exhibition at the moment on called The Line of Duty, which looks amazing. I, I wish I could see it myself uh, in person. But it's a double solo exhibition with you and artist Baritzau. Can you tell us a bit about the exhibition and what it means to, to share a solo exhibition with him as well? I cross over... Uh... But you saw since uh, 2016, I can say, and um, because I started working or sharing material with the, the uh, Chinese artist and activist Ai Weiwei, and of course, many times in the profile and the in the stranding in the activities of Ai Weiwei, there was also this main name, uh, Badiucho. Yeah. The, at the same time, I was covering and I was following very carefully and very uh, with very attention and very in an empathic way uh, with the Hong Kong protests yeah. and uh, in those protests uh, since 2013, 2010, and and uh, since until now, mm. uh, Cho was always present as, as an artist and I can say that he was 
the artists of the Hong Kong protesters. Mm. So for me, that that was the, the the discover of the same way to work. We were using Twitter in the same way, yeah. and we were using art with the same aim. So we became very close, even mm-hmm. if we met uh, just one or two times, I don't know, in the last year. And I want to underline that um, many of these artists who are working like me, who are working this way, uh, they are uh, witness, direct witness of what they are saying. Badiou Cho, he was in China and he was growing up. He grew up in China and he had to... uh, go to Australia and change his passport and everything. And many of them has this story. I'm different in the sense that I don't have this experience. I'm an outsider and my uh, role is to be a shield for this artist. I uh, work as a protector, as a shield, because until now, at least in Italy, we don't have such problems. We do not know in the future, but nothing in comparison with what is happening in these countries. Mm. I can add that um, uh, Electra three years ago uh, organized an ex- and created an exhibition by the artist Zera Doan. Mm. And uh, this exhibition was so successful, so important, that then after that they asked her to do another one And I suggest her to choose Badiucho, who was completely unknown in Italy. Yeah. And uh, but uh, she accepted my proposal, and he accepted also as well immediately, because the connection, the brotherhood that there is between us, is very very uh, tight, it's very close. So there is a trust. Uh, a trust between us, even if we don't work together, if we are not living the same things. And so this exhibition, even if it's not done together, we don't present common work, works, uh, there is a sharing of a thought and uh, the, the, the same idea of doing art. I lavori che sono esposti hanno un pensiero eh, molto simile di, na, di realizzazione della loro creazione, nel loro pensiero, anche se gli argomenti sono completamente diversi. Yeah, I so wish I could see it, but it sounds amazing. Um, and yeah, I love the idea of both of your works being there together. So congratulations. My final, final question, and then I'll let you go, is what are you working on next? What's coming next for you? What I'm doing in the net doesn't need any inspiration because stories and facts are just running around me and they're asking me to take action. And it's a work that has no projectuality because there is no committed. It, it, there's no one paying for. And so I'm doing just because I want. And uh, I think that I will do it until I will uh, feel the urgency to, to do that. Mm-hmm. It's an artistic action, but it's a personal action also. Yeah. 
For example, in the last months, I'm being working about Iran, but it's something that it was out of the plans. And uh, it was also quite hard, I can yeah. say, from uh, a working uh, side. But at the same time, you cannot do in a different way. It's just happening and you are following the the the, uh, the river. And um, nobody knows. And uh, still, I don't know how huge and how big is becoming this work. Yeah. Uh, and uh, about books, the next, there are two books uh, in preparation. The first is completed and uh, it has been done by me, Elektra. It's strange speaking about me in third person, but it's okay. <laughs> and uh, I will wait. Yeah. And uh, I can say it's going out very, very quickly, I suppose, mm. because it's uh, on uh, its way. And the second is also about China, even in a different, uh, from a different perspective. Yeah. And uh, it's drawn by me and uh, wrote by a French journalist, Eric Meyer. And I can say that I'm also involved because I'm doing like Daniele, uh, you know, putting the words of a journalist in a way that fits to comics. And um, and it's about it's a biography of Xi Jinping, and uh, the idea is to present this big, big, big world of China to the uh, Western uh, uh, readers. We'd like to thank Gianluca and Eletra for joining us for this week's episode. If you'd like to learn more about Gianluca's work, please find links in the description. And thank you for joining us for another season of the Arpsis podcast. We have so many exciting people that we're interviewing this season, so please make sure you follow us online. Also, don't forget to rate and share the podcast online. Only with your help can these important stories be heard. Thank you and see you next week.